Hey everybody, welcome to Heterodox Americana. This is a show about thinking outside the box and examining the conventional wisdom that informs how we think and shapes how we see the world around us. The question that we're ultimately trying to get at here is, how do our unexamined ideas impact our ability to thrive as human beings? And it's our intention to unpack some of these ideas, take a fresh heterodox perspective that hopefully leads us somewhere new. My name is Raphael Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Angie Backus, another one of your hosts. So it's March 8th, 2020, Angie. Uh, the Democratic Party's uh, nomination is uh, primary is, is really heating up. And, you know, it's a show that, that tries to sit at the intersection of, of politics and well-being and thriving and how ideas get in our way, I think. I think I kind of want to address the Facebook politics, the how crazy my feed is, and I, I think you said that your feed is just as crazy. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that this week. Yeah, let's do it. Um, it is crazy. Can you tell me a little bit about the craziness that's going on for you over there? So you know the the, the Super Tuesday, I think, uh, had a lot of people shocked. Um, I mean, there were a few people in my my feed who it went exactly the way that they wanted it to. Can I just ask you, like, tell me about, just tell me kind of the demographic of your feed. Because I think your your feed and my feed are pretty different. I think you have a pretty interesting yeah, people. Um, my, you know, my feed skews toward the, the very well educated, uh, a good number of academics, uh, professors at different places, good number of entrepreneurs, probably... Mm, there's probably uh, 55, uh, 45 split uh, 50, uh, racially, um, um, or, or something like something like that, um, where like fifty five, like forty five percent of the people are black, uh, maybe fifty percent of um, of my Facebook friends are white, and then. There's like another five percent of people who are like South Asian, um, and East Asian, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's and I think this is important. I think you have a very interesting collect, uh, eclectic, but kind of of the you know, I don't know, let's say highbrow, <laughs> highbrow type. Some, some are highbrow. I mean, the entrepreneurs yeah. aren't. Uh, lots of straight people, lots of queer people, mm-hmm. um, some trans people. Uh, I don't know, a good mix of... Yeah, uh, and I think that's important. So um, go ahead, tell me what's happening over there and this very interesting So really, the exp- yeah, the explosive, the, all the explosion is really coming from um, the people who were invested in, in the Bernie Sanders camp. Invested in it. Yeah, okay. kind of emotionally invested in, in other ways too. Uh, and the people who were invested in the, the Elizabeth Warren camp. Got it. Um, and they, you know, they're so no, you know, uh, the Bernie Sanders camp was not happy after uh, Joe Biden's uh, kind of turnaround uh, with the Super Tuesday. And um, then Elizabeth Warren dropped out and mm-hmm. people were mad about that. People were mad. Mad at Elizabeth or mad at Bernie or mad at you? Mad at, so, you know, not, I, I don't have a dog in this race. Um, you know, 
I'm a structuralist, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're all the same to me. Uh, but no, I think uh, some of the Elizabeth Warren people were mad at men and mad at sexism and mad at Bernie. And um, I don't know, they were, they were just mad, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think the Bernie people were mad. I don't know who they were mad They were mad at somebody. It's hard for me to get a, a real clear sense of who the Bernie people were mad at, but they were mad at, the, I mean, everybody's mad at somebody. <laughs> It's a it's an anger fueled. Uh, it there's is. a lot of anger in this politics. Yeah, I think um, you know. I think talking about if we can kind of consider some of the psychology of what's happening now. I think we're in a very different. I don't know. Very different time. I mean, I guess you know. There's a this book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, and it it talks about how nothing is new under the sun. That we are just doing the same thing we always do. We always think things are new, but Really, nothing's new. Um, and I think in some ways that that's true. But it does feel to me, and and this is kind of what I think you and I were talking about, I was talking to you about earlier, is there is this, um, this exacerbation of um, anger and, di- and division these days, and even amongst those that claim to kind of have the same principles, like nobody, nobody's getting out clean. Like I think people are just getting furious, and you know they're mad at whatever it is that they can be mad out, mad at that doesn't fit what they desire. Um, and you know I don't know that that's new, as I said. Right, I was going to say I, I don't know if that's new either. But I do feel, and maybe this is just my own bias. I feel like there's more fuel for that these days. And you know maybe talking about a Facebook feed is evidence of that or maybe not but there's something happening um and you know at you just mentioned you're not sure who the bernie people are mad at but they're mad about something right yeah a a lot of them yeah they're they're mad about something Mm -hmm. um so what do you think about this rafa what do you think about warren dropping out and how this is looking you know in terms of how people are are kind of working with this these days uh, so I'm a, I, I, I used, you know what, it's funny, I haven't thought about this in a while. I used to identify as a Platonist. Uh, I was a big Plato fan. I guess I, I don't think of myself that way anymore. Um, I've had a little identity moment right here. Um, but, you know, Plato has this idea of, a, of the philosopher king. Whereas, like, you know, the, the ideal government would be one where you had a, a leader who was competent and smart and could see, you know, uh, the big picture and the moving pieces. Uh, Plato's idea of of, uh, of government too also had, uh, it, you know, it kind of it wasn't this idea that everybody should get a vote. It was that the most competent people should vote. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a democracy that the way we w- we would understand it. Um, but but the reason uh, I bring up the philosopher king because you know I think Elizabeth Warren might be the closest thing we've seen to that. Uh, really understood a lot of the moving pieces. Uh, really smart. Um, really competent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure that that is. I mean, you know, the American people are swayed by. We love charisma, right? right? Al Gore was really smart. Yeah. And George W. Bush was really charismatic. Yeah, charismatic. Right. Yazoo, right. Um, And, you know. Wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. 
you, you have Bill Clinton, who's the most charismatic I, I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, Ronald Reagan, right, had yeah. some charisma, but like Bill. Oh, Ronald Reagan Bill, totally had a lot of Yeah, charisma. I mean, I get Bill Clinton, right? It makes yeah, me Bill take Clinton, my... I remember when he was elected, I wanted him to be my uncle. Right, I wanted him to, <laughs> yep, listen, right? I mean, you know, later we find out. Yeah, I didn't want him to be he, my he's uncle. A, he's, a, he's a monster in all yeah. these other kind of ways. Um, but in terms of that charisma, totally. like we were swept into that, the uh, yeah. right? Yeah. It was only our Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> uh, there were black people who were saying, you know, Bill Clinton's the first black president. Like it was, oh. <laughs> he was charismatic as, as I don't know what. And we really respond. I mean, I guess my point is we really respond to that. And I think, uh, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren had some fire. I think that she had some some fire, some drive. I think that she had some vision. Uh, but I, I think her charisma doesn't extend past people who are really highly educated. So I think this is a very interesting point. Um, so I'm going to say this. I, I don't know that there's a way to prove this, but I'm wondering if the evaluation of charisma for a woman is is different. Well, I think it is different than a man. But I think a woman... And I'm just going to speak my mind here is she has to bring it in a particular way. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I had this conversation with a really good friend of mine uh, just this past week. Um, so he's uh, identifies as queer. He was avidly working for um, Pete Buttigieg. Um, you know, mostly I think. I mean, I think he aligned fine with his politics, but he, you know, was really excited about him being a... Uh, a gay man and um so when and we were actually hanging out when we learned that Pete Buttigieg dropped out he was like very sad didn't like it at all right and um I was like yeah so then a couple days later we were hanging out um and I said did you hear today that Elizabeth Warren dropped out and he's like are you kidding we were talking about it and he said you know so here's was his comment because we had talked about Pete Buttigieg and he said, "Do you think he has a possibility of being elected?" I said, "I don't think the country is ready for like you know just simply even having like a first um, gentleman, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg being married to a man. Like I, I, you know, I think there's so much homophobia that that would be an issue right. still." Um, yeah, I, I think in the general election, I, I can't imagine that not general being true. Election. Exactly. So, you know, mainstream, no. And so, you know, he, he was like, you think so? Yeah, no, I don't think that it's going to fly. And then when we found out Elizabeth Warren had dropped out, here's what his comment was. And he was very, you know, he's like, I hate this about, you know, this country that as a, you know, as a queer person, you have to walk around with these, you know, stereotypes and people can't be open, blah, blah, blah. So he was very, very adamant about this, which I, I am for him as well. Like, I support what he was saying. But then when he talked about Elizabeth Warren dropping out, he said to me, you know, I just think she was a little too grandma-ish. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. I said, what, do you think like Joe Biden is too grandpa-ish? And we, you, you and I might disagree on this, but I heard that comment as a woman who's, you know, a senior. Um, there was something about her that didn't appeal to him as a female um, who was 
older. Maybe she didn't have the the nice, you know, the nice black dress and the beads and the nice earrings. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren, you know, is very well put together. But I felt like that that this was a statement around more what she was contributing um, in terms of her femaleness. That's how it felt to me. No, I, I get it. And in some ways, I think you're making my point. Um, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren at her. So uh, let me answer your question. Um, do, do I think that, that that charisma shows up or do women need to do something different in terms of charisma? Actually, I think the answer is no. Um, but in, in, in some ways, I think your friend is the exact illustration of how I think Elizabeth Warren couldn't reach a particular crowd. So you said maybe this guy, you know, he self-identifies as queer and people who judge as gay. You said maybe their politics line up, but really it was about representation for this guy. Uh-huh. And it was less about, you know, I'm just reading from, from what you've said. It was less about uh, Pete Buttigieg's platform and less about his proposed policies, more about something else. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think something similar happened with Barack Obama and black people, especially the first time around. Uh, the people were not so much swayed by his, his platform and his, his vision of what things could be, uh, but really by the way that he looked. Uh, whereas I think Elizabeth Warren's crowd, I think they are very, the people who are like really into her, uh, I think they are very much swayed by her vision of what is possible, her vision of what she can do. I think they really are intellectually kind of connected to uh, at least the people on my feet, right? The people on my feet, and it's about 50-50, male to to female. Um, Just as many men support Elizabeth Warren on my feet as women. Um, But they are, I mean, they all talk about her ideas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's brilliant. Right, where nobody's talking about Joe Biden's ideas. Right. And, but I think this is an interesting point. And, you know, I guess there's enough here that we would have to be, you know, you and I would just be talking about our more, uh, maybe our, our personal feelings. But, you know, so Elizabeth Warren is grandma-ish, right? Um, so beautiful mind, um, academic, uh, her policies, like really the way that she thought them out it was like hard well i mean i guess you can argue against any policy but well thought out policies um, a good vision um but she you know this comment just by my friend she's grandma ish then we have bernie sanders i don't know that anybody's calling i mean bernie sanders do you think that bernie sanders is charismatic or is he grandpa ish i'm not going to hear those words for bernie sanders bernie what? sanders like i don't know i mean it doesn't really strike me as this really Charismatic is not a, a word I would use to describe. I, I, I hear that. Um, I actually think he is charismatic. Not in a way that sways me. Uh, and I'm not very easily swayed by charisma, though. Um, so there's that. But I think for people who are in his... So, I mean, if you look at... I mean, let's look at it this way. I have a much clearer understanding of what Elizabeth Warren wanted to do and how she wanted to do it because she articulated her vision. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Bernie has some ideas that he has kind of, I want to do this, I want to do this, in in broad strokes, but has not articulated it in the same way. Mm -hmm. I I think he was less concerned about the details. And he was more, so, you know, he's more concerned with building a particular kind of movement. And I think that's that's a cult of personality type thing. I think it's charisma driven and not, like even, you know, one of the biggest, um, you know, my feet at least, one of the biggest 
you know, complaints from the Joe Biden camp that I was hearing about Bernie Sanders is that he's hard to nail down in terms of actually how he's going to pay for this or how he's going to do this. Um, And so you don't get a policy driven following in the same way. He promised people stuff, right? People want what, whatever, however it's going to happen. People want what it is that he's selling and he's selling something. And Elizabeth Warren is really explaining something. Uh, and those just engage two very different parts of the brain. She's engaging, she's engaging the very intellectual part. And Bernie Sanders is, is engaging the, you know, really the, the animal part. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he's more charismatic. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I, um, I'm not a person who would, like kind of what you were describing with, you know, Barack Obama, like it was more of this uh, this identification that people were voting for. I mean, I certainly wanted a black president, but I- I'm not really somebody who would vote for a woman just because they are a woman. Um, but I, I can't help but feel um, in my own sense of what it, you know, I, we talked about this on the mansplaining episode, what women are up against often when they're trying to be, you know, uh, somebody you know like a head of a company or a head of a government you know that there's something that happens that maybe people don't even understand that is driving them to kind of count them as insignificant or a glass ceiling if you will right that they hit and um you know this is a thought uh, you know for the people that supported her that you know, had she been male um, it, had she been even different in terms of how she presented that, you know, maybe the country could have um, swallowed the pill a little bit easier. It would have gone down. Um, but, you know, she's judged as a woman who, as my friend, who was, you know, completely feels very progressive and very, you know, um, forward moving. And he used the word grandma-ish. And that right there, I was like, ooh, that's a term that you're using against a woman. Oh, I hear that. And, and you know, I, I think that guy's wrong. I, I think he's in the, you know, he's in the Kim Kardashian crowd, right? Which I imagine has lots of, of Democrat supporters, but they're not, they're not thinking through policy first. They're thinking about something else first. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, so there was another thing that, that I saw that I saw was like, imagine if Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren had been a man, would it have played out any differently? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is no, I don't think it would have. There were other people who had come to the fore, who had come to the table, who really had some good ideas. Uh, I think Andrew Yang could have gotten further than he did, but there was no charisma. And I think Al Gore really, I mean, Al Gore was the incumbent before. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? He, He was the person who probably should have won that. And he was smart. He had some ideas. He had this notion of what we could do. But that's not what sways people. It was a close race, um, just like it was a close race between Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump. But it, it seems like educated people respond to, oh, here are these ideas. Uh, and not everybody responds to that in the same way. So. There's a belief, I think, um, amongst some white people that I know <clears throat> that are really involved in politics um, that kind of see the the system, the the government as a way for uh, radical change. That this is the way that we're going to get saved, or we're either going to take a nosedive. Um, 
And, you know, there's a big hope and trust in the process. Um, and that's, I think, sometimes when people, some of the white people I know who, who their, um, you know, their candidate is dropping out or, you know, it, whether it's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, that somehow, or, or Trump or Donald Trump, that somehow this, this is the thing that they're hanging their hat on, that this is going to change everything and right. save everybody from demise. Right. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, in, in terms of this perspective, particularly as you talk about your Facebook feed, you know, you have a lot of black intellectuals, you're one yourself. Um, how does this play out? Like, is is that the thought that the government is going to save us or, or what, what shows up? I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, no group is monolith and I sure. can only kind of speak to uh, to some of the people that I know. Uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I, it's a different relationship with the government uh, in general. I think, I'll, I'll, you know, for a lot of people, um, the Christian set might be, you know, they, they might like the black Christians might have a thing that's uh. slightly different, especially the older Christians. Okay. Um, Which is. You mean like age wise? No, no, no. What what would that? Oh, be yeah. I mean, they're in the the Biden camp. They're in the uh, they're kind of into the establishment. Like they're they're fully committed to the establishment in a particular kind of way that uh, I think a lot of the younger people that I know uh, are just like have thoroughly broken with that. And it feels you know broken with the Biden camp. Broken with the Biden camp. Okay. In fact, some of the some of the millennials that I know really see uh biden sport as like a boomer problem right baby boomer problem uh-huh. and it's kind of funny as a generation x to, to always watch that dynamic which i think is hilarious um the dynamic between the between the, and, yeah, the and the baby boomers okay. um that never ceases to entertain me um but uh you know you know there, there are a couple of people that i know who were in the elizabeth warren camp uh nobody uh there's one person that i know who's in the buddha judge camp um He's also gay, uh, but nobody in the in the in the the Buddha judge camp really. Nobody in the Amy Klobuchar camp really. Uh, maybe it was like an Andrew Yang person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, they seem fairly evenly split between um, between uh, Elizabeth Warren and and Bernie Sanders. Okay, um, and so even when the when Elizabeth Warren dropped out, there was a sense of, oh, it could have been fun. But, you know, like, nobody was heartbroken and similar. Like they, I'll tell you this. All of the anger that, and, like, really accusation and uh, the, the vitriol that was kind of, you know, one camp against the other, those were only the white people on my feet. Really? None of the black people were, like, that emotionally invested into one candidate. I mean, it was like, yeah, this could be really good with her. We're gonna be really good with him. Uh, it might be fun. It might be a good time. Could you? Do you? Would you feel comfortable, kind of just in your own kind of armchair psychology, why that would be so? I the, the relationship to the state is, is different, right? This is a country where you know black people live with state violence. Uh, we, you know, between COINTELPRO, which was a counterintelligence program that was run. Um, by J. Edgar Hoover uh, against, uh, you know, uh, black radicals um, and having the FBI have the type of, of really anti-black, uh, persecutory, uh, you know, that type of conduct. Um, 
that doesn't sit well with with, with any intellectual. And I, and I think you know not only do they look at the government uh, slightly askance, but there's also a memory of uh, this sense that you know are they really going to do the right thing? Uh, and the answer is largely no. Uh, it's not like it started. It stopped with J. Edgar Hoover and and that it you know that era. Uh, I mean, this continued up through, I, I, I don't know, throughout the, the Super Predators thing, throughout, you know, uh, you know, Bill Clinton. So it's not like, it's not like that people don't have any preferences about how this leader could do things slightly different than the other leader. But there is a sense that uh, we're going to get. We're going to get some craziness no matter what, whether it's Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton or, you know, Jimmy Carter or, or whomever. Right. Uh, we're going to get some some craziness. And so the investment feels slightly different. Mm-hmm. People are not mad about it. It's like, eh, on to the next one. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much a, kind of what I was describing about some of the white people I know, this this idea that somehow if we can change this system from you know whatever presidency down that things are going to be so much better and we're going to get saved it's not really that kind of thinking no i mean i mean i know i know people who who have those beliefs i know black people who have those beliefs um i tend not they tend not to be my my tribe right um but you know you know my tribe is is almost evenly split between entrepreneurs and academics uh, with a few people who are, you know, outside, you know, who are outliers. But um, there is a sense of um, there's enough sense of, uh, of of I'm going to do like a, of in, an internal locus of control. Mm-hmm. Right. Where the conditions, whatever the circumstances are, will not be the major determining factor. Uh, it's nice that if you're going to plant some seeds, it's nice to have, maybe this metaphor might might do it. Uh, it's nice to have good soil, right? But good soil alone won't won't make your crop do what it's going to do. Um, even if you get crappy soil, even if Donald Trump is your soil or whomever, right? Even if if, if you get, or people, yeah, no matter, right? So even if you don't love the soil that you have, for you to get what it is that you need to get, um, there is a sense that you need to plant these seeds, you need to till this earth, you need to you know water these the, these plants for the thing to come up. But nobody is coming with sod from like you know uh, Home Depot to deliver you some fresh grass. Like it's not going to happen. So it's not really looking out there to say the next thing is going to save me. It's the experience of knowing if I'm going to be saved, it's going to come from myself. Because oh for sure, hoping for something to change is probably going to keep me on the hook. I think for a lot, you know, a lot of the people, my tribe said the most you can hope for is better soil, mm-hmm. but like, don't expect plants. Don't expect somebody to be like, Oh, here's some fruit. Like this is not going to happen. So, and that's true, right? That's, that's like, that is, that is the, I think that's the lived experience. I think, looking at the data, looking at raw numbers, whether it's black home ownership or the amount of people who move out of middle class and then have their kids also stay, um, move into middle class and then have their kids stay into middle class. I think that how people, you know, if you look at their salaries upon graduation from college, uh, controlling for other factors, uh, blacks still, um, you know, all things being equal in terms of education degree, still earn less. 
uh, than their white counterparts. And, and so they're, you know, blacks with really, really good credit. I mean, really good credit. Uh, there's one story of a guy who's like, a, you know, CEO of business, like uh, some high profile business, uh, multi-million dollars uh, and happened to, I mean, this made it turn into a story, but happened to ask, a, you know, have a friend talk about their, about uh, whatever credit rate that they were getting from from the bank, whatever loan rate they were getting from the bank. Okay. And he was like, how are you getting that when I'm getting this? And it, it was higher. Um, and, you know, this guy's mortgage rate was higher, even though he had stellar credit, millions of dollars, built the business. And it's like, if you look at predatory lending, not just happened with 2008, you know, and, and before, but there's a systematic willingness to not do right by black people. Yeah. Um, sentencing right um for the you know similar crimes we see a disparity in terms of how sentences get meted out how people um yeah i mean it's if there are black people who are a little bit like "Mm, i'm not so sure about this uh, how much of a difference can we make it it, it's for a reason Mm -hmm. there's a history but there's also like right now what's presently happening in it people not necessarily a hundred percent trustful of that yeah um what about you? Uh, how would you say that you think about the the governmental system? Like, what does this mean when you're hearing something like Elizabeth Warren drops out or Bernie is a front runner or Joe Biden? Like, I'm curious. Like, how about you personally? So you know, I've I've used the term structuralist a few times, but let me say what it means. Um, is that the systems that are in place, um, they're held there by loads of other like system, you know, th- there's a, all the systems that we have at work, uh, whatever the core thing is, there are other systems that sprout up around that to keep it in place. Um, and you can change one part, you can change one figurehead, right? Every now and then you'll get someone who's like a wild card, like, like JFK, or potentially like Donald Trump. So every now and then you'll get a wild, a wild card, but mostly the, the you know the Carl Rose of the world and the the Donald Rumsfeld, you know these people who are in the the Dick Cheney's, the people who are in the background doing stuff and you don't really know who they are, uh, have entire structures that are dedicated to keeping the status quo. The status quo is the status quo. Okay, that's really what I'm saying. Is for you, this, like, no, because I'm asking, I know for, the for for all of us, right? The status quo yes. is not going to change, and because of that. Um, it, the structure is a structure, and I, you know, I I said earlier I don't have a dog in this race, uh, meaning the structure is not going to change, and there there I don't have any personal emotional desires that are so caught up. Oh, if I really made this tax break, that would be my life would be so different, or if I had this kind of health insurance, my life would be so different. The conditions of my life are what they are, not because of one leader versus another. But because, you know, I, we all have to navigate the system the way we navigate it. And that's it. So would you say that you're not super invested in the way that the system plays out either way? I, I'm saying in terms of picking a leader, yeah. they're all the same to me. They're all the same. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, Donald Trump, not that different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting because I, I think... And, and Rafael, where does that come from? Does that come from being black in America or does that come from your own um, philosophy of having the internal locus of control? Is it a combination? Is there many things? Like where does that 
come from? Uh, so no, it actually comes from. Um, so this really does come out of out of my political study, uh, my political studies. Um, it, it it comes from looking at how the nation state. I mean, I don't want to bore people, but it's essentially how the nation state came to be, okay. and also how the nation state is maintained. Um, we love the idea of it, you know even even if we don't know that we love it, we love the idea of the nation state. We love the idea of a country. This is my country. My country mm-hmm. does this. Um, and you know this thing that happened with uh, with the Kurds. People are like, oh, the Kurds should have their own country. Well, like, should they? Uh, the way we think about the nation state, whether it's borders, who comes in our borders, who doesn't, whether our military does this, you know, the fact that we have a military, uh, we believe in borders. We believe in if you're born there. So you know, take liberals, right? So you might have some conservatives who might say some, not all, might have some conservatives say we should protect the borders and keep people out, right? Um, but that, that, that reinforces this idea of the nation state. Um, you might have some liberals who might say something like, well, if you're born here, you're a citizen, right? But should you be? The the idea of citizenry working this way is also reinforces this idea of the nation state. Um, and because there are so many reinforcements coming from so many different areas, the structure is essentially the same as it was since... Um, I'd say for the West since the 1700s, and for the rest of the world since after World War One. Okay. Um, and so I, don't, I, I'm a structuralist. It's all the same to me. So that's the answer. Yeah, You're that's a structuralist. My it's all the same to you. It's all the same to me. It's always been the same. It hasn't always been the same. Um, you know, we we're in a post-capital, uh, post-capitalist. Well, we're in a capitalist moment. Um. But between those two together, capitalism and the nation state, uh, the world has essentially worked the way that it has um, since, I mean, I'd say unchanged since World War I, uh, besides, the, yeah, unchanged since World War I. So as long as that we're a nation state and there's a structure in place that's not going to change, um, if I'm hearing you, then for you, it doesn't matter who's in office, really, because the structure is, is what's driving us. Right. Um, does that feel um, hopeless or does it feel... It feels liberating. Tell me why. Oh, man. I mean, it, so as long as the United States doesn't fall apart, right? Because that happens even with this structure. There are states that fail. Um, Somalia is a good example. And the Soviet Union failed, right? Um, and there are successor states and the Ottoman Empire fell. Um, so as long as the United States doesn't fail, then... I'm going to do what it is that I need to do, right? And other people who are like mine, it was like, oh, I, I need to navigate the system this way. Um, there just need to not be, you know, like tanks driving through the street. Mm-hmm. If we ever hit a point where there are tanks driving through the street and people are, you know, it's uh, uh, martial, martial law and curfew and, and it gets really crazy and we become like a militarized state or the government just fails, period. Then, you know, we got to rethink. Then I speak German. Right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to Germany or something. Uh, but barring that, yeah, it's there's not that much of a difference that that anything is gonna make. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how do you feel about your prospects going forward? <laughs> how, how's this election gonna affect you, or how would you like it to? It's funny because I've always kind of thought of people that get on this one one uh, topic platform as very narrow minded. So people that just avo- um, vote for 
you know, against abortion or for abortion or, you know, that, that kind of stuff has always kind of bothered me. Um, because it, it, I think if you just stick to one thing, you're forgetting about tons of other people and tons of other things that um, need attention. Right. I find <laughs> in the past probably 14 years, uh, my mind is on healthcare. Uh, I find that that's where I, I'm drawn when somebody starts to talk about um, the healthcare system in this country and what we can do and how people don't have to die because they don't have enough money just for basic needs. Right. Um, so, you know, I yeah, I was even having like a, a talk with because so I don't really you know like I said I think last. Um, our last um, show, I haven't really been paying a ton of attention to Facebook, but I have these exchanges that I do with friends through um, like text messaging. So I have group texts and um, I have a friend that was very upset about Warren dropping out. She was, she worked really hard for the campaign. This was really difficult for her. And um, you know, Warren had a really good uh Medicare for all plan of how she was going to phase it in and what it was going to be like and what she was going to do her first year. And I did say to my friend, I said, well, yeah, that's, you know, it sucks, but, you know, at least Bernie still is like gung ho on healthcare for all. So um, I'm with him if that's what he's going to do. And, you know, she had a lot to say about that. So what did she say about that? Um, She said, she, what did she call them? Uh, these, uh, she, well, one of the things that she mentioned was that she feels like Bernie kind of took Warren's... There's a belief out there that Bernie kind of took Warren's, like, all of her research, all of her understanding about, about policy and how it works, and kind of then revised his policies based on hers. But, you know, one of her concerns is that he's just coming in to say, we're going to just dismantle this system. So she feels like he has this agenda just to take everything out. Uh, instead of trying to work for reform. So he's got this progressive agenda that says, I'm going to come in and break you all. Um, and she feels like it's very aggressive. I mean, does that feel... To me, I, I read that as hyperbolic. Like, he's not Stalin. Um, but do you read that as hyperbolic? What, is it, what does it mean to, to break... What's he breaking? Well, I mean, I think one of her points... So I don't know how I read it necessarily. Um, but one of her points was that um, he is kind of, he's kind of, uh, progressing around this vitriol. Like he's, he's moving more towards, you know, we're going to take everything by storm and dismantle the system. And she feels like it's counterproductive. Like he's just stirring people up. He's getting people mad. And instead of saying, here are my policies, what I'm going to do, this is what I'm, how I'm going to direct it, which is what she was saying Right. What Warren did. So I know she's not here to defend herself. She's not. But she's you know, my, my my so I mean, post Ronald Reagan, politics seemed pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Is that like is how is that different? I don't know. And she isn't here to defend herself. And if we want to get back to the ways of which I think around, you know, what I want to shift. You were saying, you know, you don't really put too much stock in the government. You're going to have your structuralist structures in place and you're going to go one, you know, it's not going to affect you one way or the other. 
healthcare for me, to to me, it feels like that is what is going to be that does affect all of us. So it, you're in the, you're in the Sanders camp then. I'm not gonna probably disclose what I'm doing yet, um, but I, I I guess I think of healthcare as a major issue, and I think an emotional one for me. I just it's sad. It's sad to watch people not have what they need. Um, more people than not, actually, and it it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, no, I mean there there are issues. I mean, and that's that's part of the emotional that's part of the emotional voting that I think so many people do, and why I think there's so much tension between yeah. these people who are really into Bernie, and I think like you know they they have a thought, what can Bernie do for me? And I think there are other people who thought, you know, what could Elizabeth Warren do for me? And I don't know what the the Joe Biden people think. I, I really don't. I, I just don't know enough hmm. of them. Um, but um you know that that's the emo- it's the same emotionality that I was talking about earlier with uh, Elizabeth Warren and the and the charisma thing is that if you can pe- if you can appeal to people's intellect that's great for you but that that's a very small margin of people who are actually listening to the ideas yeah much much greater is the amount of people who are swayed by it's like Bernie Madoff, right? Um, I mean, people could have done the numbers. They could have, like, you know, and there were a few people did. It's like, wow, this guy's getting these returns year after year. That's so amazing. It seems almost unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should do some due diligence and really check out what Bernie Madoff is doing. Maybe I just had Bernie on the brain, but um, but that's not what they did. They said, oh, I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. He's saying this, mm-hmm. and we get swayed by the emotional part. Yeah, you know, and and. We've talked about him on this show, particularly early on. I mean, Jonathan Haidt talks a lot about this, you know, that once you emotionally invest in something, when somebody gets very emotionally invested, the intellectual arguments are really, they go go by the wayside. Um, You become attached to the emotional process. So there you go. You're going to think one way. Um, And I think that's, it's important in terms of how we vote. It's important of how we, you know, go about our lives and, and I think it's also important as to how we understand each other. You know, logic doesn't always win. Right. And that, this is one of the things that I think. So, you know, Plato, Plato tried to uh, try to see past this problem. Maybe Socrates tried to see past this problem with this idea of the philosopher king that uh, people are going to they're not going to be competent voters, right? This is essentially the argument that, that, that Plato is making, um, that they're not going to be competent voters. They're going to be doofuses, right? They're going to be like, oh, I like this thing, and they're going to vote all just for that one thing. Uh, but there, there is, um, for my money, um, and, you know, I'm not, like, thrilled with uh, necessarily the, the competency of, of all voters, uh, but I do think that there is a corrective thing that happens when you have like a very large number um, in ways that if you have a large number for a, a voters. OK, um, I, I think there is there's there's a tense, you know, if you were to have Plato's idea where you just had a very competent voters um, that would however it is that they gain their their ability i think that starts to bleed in, into the process and influence like so i'll give you a very good example uh, someone told so i have no music ability whatsoever right uh, i have no music understanding good taste, I, I, I i i don't know well i have good taste um but 
you know, I don't know one note from the next. I don't know what's on key, or I don't even know what a key is, right? People would pitch key, all these music words. I can't be bothered. I don't know what that means, right? I don't want it. I don't care. Uh, but I heard someone say once that Jennifer Lopez, she was singing some songs, she was off key. And I don't know what a key is. So I, I didn't hear that, right? All I heard is a woman singing, sound fine to me. Once you know what the keys are and what the notes are, then you have to measure how how well or, or close to the key you are. Whatever, however that works. Mm-hmm. She's off key, and if you know what that is, you hear it. But I don't know what that is, so I don't hear it. I just hear a woman singing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think having lots of voters the way that we do, I think it corrects for that 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 tendency to measure um, to measure the thing by by the ruler that you have. Right? Oh, I have this type of ruler. Um, and, and and that starts to influence. It starts to influence how you measure whatever it is that you need to be measuring. I don't understand that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm saying that I think Plato's idea is nice on paper, but that in real life, I think it would be tyrannical. I don't think that you can just uh, kind of restrict voting to just the most qualified voters. Right. And ignore the masses. No. The masses absolutely. add something. Yeah. They might add something that you don't like, but they add something. That's right. That's right. Yes, I agree with that. And, you know, we all have our, you know, our issues. And we all have our own personal uh, life experiences that sway us. You know, I happen to not get health care from my my vocation, the what I've chosen to do in life. So that's really important to me. I got a kid, um, I have three, but I have one that is dependent on me for healthcare. So yeah, that's a thing for me. And, you know, I think that's how a lot of us move in the world. Like what is weighing on us is the thing that we want to remove. And if we see an avenue towards that, we go. Right. Well, I, that seems like the perfect place to stop yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, we're, we're not gonna solve this. Uh, but also that that's a nice ending um, to have as a point to know that we all have our our stuff and we're trying to resolve it (laughs) yeah basically that's what's going on well I certainly want to thank the listeners for hanging in there with us for 45 minutes yeah Um, and I guess we will reconvene this little party in a week that's right. right so see ya see ya then